Hello, listeners. Do you want to connect with all us geeks without it getting physical and awkward? Well, that's good because that's not a winning scenario for anyone. I'm here to help you do that because all us geeks would like to virtually connect with you too. The first place you can do that, of course, is allusgeeks.com, which will have links to all of the things that I'm about to tell you about. It also has our latest posts, which will show you which podcasts are out, which videos that we've recently produced, and any written reviews that we've done. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash allusgeeks. Twitter, same thing, twitter.com slash allusgeeks. Skype, we're on Skype. We've tried to keep it simple. It's, you've got it, All Us Geeks. You can leave us a voicemail there. And if you're just into that tactile feel of dialing numbers, how about punching the following random numbers into your phone? 1-952-236-GEEK. That's 1-952-236-4335. That will get you to our Skype voicemail as well. Know we're on Google Plus? You can go over there and search for all us geeks. We have a guild on Board Game Geek. So for the true geek of board games, you can find us. Our guild is 1274. Or, of course, search for all us geeks. We have a new YouTube channel that we've launched recently where we've looked at special events, game previews, and some miniature-related gaming. You can find that at youtube.com slash user slash, wait for it, allusgeeks. On the allusgeeks.com site, we also have a contact form that you can use to let us know what's on your mind. And you can always leave a comment on the individual posts for each podcast episode. And while we're on the subject of feedback, if you happen to listen to us through iTunes, we would appreciate it if you could go out there, give us a rating, and leave some feedback so other people can find us as well. Well, there you go. There's a ton of ways to get a hold of us without actually having to poke us with a stick. And we appreciate it. Welcome to episode 26 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. Back again. Seems like we just did this, I would say, yesterday. It feels like yesterday, doesn't Seems it? Seems like, yeah. <laughs> there, uh, or two weeks ago. Yeah. I don't know. There's... Depending on the order I decide to edit in. <laughs> We did do a special 0.5 episode yesterday for the Game of Thrones season wrap-up, but I'm still debating whether I'm going to do this one first and have that one come out later. Eh, we'll see. Let's see. Contests are still going on. Woohoo! For our Twitter-only listeners, again, that's follow us on Twitter at AllUsGeeks, and then send us a message targeting us at AllUsGeeks. And then 117 characters of anything you want to put in there, followed by the hashtag A-U-G-I-Listen. My cold black heart has not yet been moved. <laughs> yeah. 
So far, the only thing that's made him cry is his comments from his wife on the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that will be going until July 14th at 11.59 p.m. Central Time. And again, I did pick the uh, games that you will have a choice of. It's Monolith, Shadow Days, For the Win for two to four players instead of just being a two-player game, Fleet, and Glory to Rome. Ave Caesar. Just to point out, we have not specified exactly how we are picking this winner. So go nuts. Tweets about miniature markets that do not actually (laughs) accompany miniature market gear. Well, that's that's not helping your cause. (laughs) You can uh, shoot us one entry a day if you like. But right now, the, uh, the running rumor is if you can make Jordan cry, you might win. But you don't know. I mean, is it? Number of times are you getting an entry every time you uh, you send us a post? Are we looking for most creative? Eh, we're keeping that close to the chest. And then the other contest we have going on that also ends July 14th is for a copy of Cards Against Humanity and the three expansions. And how you can enter that one is leave us a voice bail at 1-952-236-GEEK. That's 1-952-236-4335. Or you can just go ahead and hit the Skype All Us Geeks and leave us a message that way. Uh, what we're looking for there, just identify yourself in a way that we can contact you if you win, which will get cut if we decide to play one on the show. And then we want you to give us your response to the following. Listening to All Us Geeks is like blank... Without the blank. And, of course, you fill in the blanks. In the order you want them read. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Won't be shuffling them up. (laughs) It's going to be amazing when we start getting entries for this contest. I really wonder what those will sound like. What could those possibly sound sound like? Find me on All Us Geeks, recording the Brick Breakdown. And for me, listening to All Us Geeks is like a hole in the head, uh, without the bullet. Yeah, I, re- I just really wonder what those would sound like. I just think it's going to be awesome. See, other general stuff this weekend. We are going to be at Don's. Woo-hoo. Don's Gaming Weekend is this weekend. Don, of course, being our uh, quarterly... Uh, guest host that does the anime segment was on here just recently so we'll be gaming with don i believe we talked about bringing uh, the audio maybe even video recording there and then july 13th speaking of dates that we can talk about rgc is having its next game day in rochester at the godfather's uh pizza the nice party room there that we all get together and game in I was on call, now I'm not on call, so I think I'll actually run some stuff, or at least bring some games with me. woo The week of July 16th, I just want to point out that we are not going to be recording that week. So we are going to take uh, another uh, week off of recording. 
we did look at the calendar. We were having problems rescheduling it. And then that weekend is also Megan's sister's wedding. So I won't have time to edit that weekend. So we're just going to uh, go ahead and bypass that one for now. The weekend of July 26th. There's a lot going on. The weekend of July 26th. JournalCon. So we'll be gathering over at Michael's and gaming for the weekend. Unfortunately, I am on call for that weekend, but I will still go. And then I just wanted to point out, you, I talked to you about this today, but just to let our, our listeners know, we're not getting a lot of traffic on it anyway. But I did get an email today from Audible. And because Minnesota passed a law about uh, collecting online sales tax, they are dropping Minnesota residents, which would be us, from their affiliate link. So I've gone ahead and taken it off the site. I usually include it in the show notes as well. Um, we don't really push it that much anyway, but it made sense because we do talk about Audible books quite a bit or audio books quite a bit. Uh, so having that uh, potential extra place for us to maybe get some money to help for the hosting costs and stuff was nice, but it's going away on us, so I've already gone ahead and taken it off of our site, which is something maybe we'll talk about in a future episode, not this one, but a couple ways that you can help us out in general. All right. You ready to geek out? Sure. <laughs> so our geeking out topic for this episode is basically our response to the girls from last time who uh, gave you a little insight into living with us geeks. <laughs> so you got a little insight on what it's like to, uh, I guess, be around me and be around the Canadian. <laughs> Uh, before we get into this, because one, I know Jordan and I are major smart asses and are sarcastic as hell at times. I just want to point out, I think the girls did an awesome job. It was a great section of the last episode. There was a lot to edit, surprisingly, considering going in, they didn't think they had anything to really talk about. Although uh, Sarah did come with a script, so that helped. And uh, girls, one of the things you said, uh, I can just pretty much guarantee right now, no, they, our, our listeners don't love us more. But thanks thanks for thinking so. <laughs> Appreciate it. But no, they did an excellent job. We got quite a bit of positive feedback. Uh, most of the feedback we got about the last episode was everything that didn't include Jordan and I. Woo! Let's automate this bitch. <laughs> Alice Geeks, the subcase. But I thought it was excellent. Now, moving on. (laughs) Well, this is probably going to be my last step. Divorce proceedings have started. Um, I'm tired of her attitude. No. (sighs) My my days are filled with counseling Jordan, giving him a shoulder to cry on. The one observation I do have to make, uh, Megan, the costumes and stuff that you and Jeff take to the bedroom with you, That is role-playing, maybe, but it's not necessarily LARPing. That is on my list right here as well. (laughs) I And I've I've confronted Megan on this a couple times now because this is how adamant I am about this. I don't know where she's learning about LARPing. (laughs) I don't know where she's learning about cosplay, but it's not in this house. Other than... For me to rant and rave about how much I personally don't like LARPing. Cosplay, I don't mind. Just not for me. Other people, go for it. LARPing, sorry if you LARP. I'm just kind of (laughs) anti-LARPing. And I always have been. So that 
And Megan thinks during that episode that she said, I don't do that stuff. I disagree. <laughs> she agreed with Sarah on a few points, but she never specified that I don't do that. And I don't. I don't work. Methinks the gentleman doth protest too much. <laughs> if anybody's been around me for a while and they heard that, they would were probably laughing their ass off. <laughs> it's kind of like the whole Catan thing with me. How everybody gives me crap about Catan. It's like not a big fan of Catan. That's not obvious already. Settlers of Galaxy Trucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a few things to point out. Or to talk about a little bit. Gamers Reunion. I did never consider that a romantic getaway. <laughs> <laughs> and we go on many romantic getaways. <laughs> Gamers Reunion was something we started dating and I was still running the convention. And uh, with most things, you know, it's like if you want to be a part of it, come on down. Otherwise, if you want to just hang in the hotel room. And do your own thing. That's cool as well. And and Megan decided to get involved. And well, like she said, it, it ended up being a positive experience for her. But overall, I think my overall theme with especially geek type stuff, because I know I'm passionate about certain things. And I get into the whole organizing and building brands and all that kind of stuff, which is partially why we're doing this as well. But I don't try to push it on her. If I ever ask her to do something, it's usually first followed with, you know, you can tell me no because I don't ever want you to do anything you don't want to do. <laughs> but it's not a romantic getaway. There's anything but. It's like a ton of work and just falling in bed at night to get up early the next morning. As far as the stuff on uh, uh, who watches what, <laughs> it is true that uh, Megan has not seen a bunch of stuff. And that's kind of where the thing is. That, yeah, I haven't seen Lost. And she's right. At some point, it kind of gets to the point where you're, you're pushing this a little too much. I don't know if I'm ever watching Lost now, <laughs> but I will eventually. It's, don't. It's, it's just... Uh, don't do it. <laughs> it's just between the two of us, especially geek-related things, Megan's missed a lot more than I ever have. <laughs> but there are a bunch of st there's a bunch of stuff on our DVR and whatnot that I would have never watched if Megan wasn't in my life. So, uh, And point... Last episode, I talked about catching up on the fourth season of Arrested Development. I had never seen Arrested Development, and Megan kept telling me, you got to see it, you got to see it. Oh, my God, you got to see it. So I finally watched it, and I loved it. It's a good show. It just wasn't on my immediate radar. Another one is Justified, even though I have never seen the first season, because one difference between Megan and I <laughs> is I let her catch up. If we're, if she, if she doesn't come in, like I didn't watch season five of Fringe because she wanted to catch up. So we watched one through four and now we're on five. I never got to see the first season and maybe season and a half of Justified. It was just like, nope, this is what's happening this night and I'm watching it and I like it. But her response, if I ever try to get her to do anything similar to that is, well, I won't know what's going on. I don't, I won't know the characters. I won't know this. It's like, all right, well, let's. Back up then, but she has no problem throwing me in the middle. <laughs> See, Sarah, Sarah is that way with the books. She mentioned um, the trade-off. Well, I'll read that if you read that, which yeah. is something I do break out quite often. But she claims she does, but she does not follow through on that. <laughs> I've read a lot more things, and I'm looking at you, Dashner. 
that I ended up did not liking, then then she's read things that she has liked or disliked, I think. That is not a gripe. That is just a counterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Megan's right. There are games and rules all over our house, especially as things get sent to us. Can't deny it. <laughs> yeah, there's it's it's that's a, a, a fact of our house. And I gotta give her a lot of credit, because here's the deal. I am very much into organized chaos. And when something starts to bother me, then it's time to, I'll work on it. Megan is a lot more anal and OCD about a lot of things and about the house and about where things should be and about having time off means vacuuming and stuff like that. And I'm like, having time off means let's chill and watch Fringe or something like that. But if she ever asks me to do something, I'll do it. And if something ever bothers me, I'll do it. And I'm not, I'm not one of those people like, that bothers me. Megan, that's bothering me. <laughs> you know, it cleans the kitchen or it gets yeah, the exactly. So I got to give her a lot of credit because she every once in a while, and I just took down a bunch of games last night because every once in a while you can look over and see the eye twitch. <laughs> At one point, I'm fairly certain I did have a rule book for something in every room of the house. Yeah, I mean, I needed to be prepared for anything, apparently. <laughs> But with doing this, one of the things that happens is, I mean, we're constantly reading rules and constantly people are, are you know, are sending us games and stuff like Gothic Doctor that we're going to talk about here later was sent to us and it was sent as a rush review because uh, they are on Kickstarter right now. So it's like, oh, crap, I got to read these rules. I got to get through it. I got to look through the, the cards and, and see if I understand it. I got to know if I need to contact the designers before we play and after we play with questions so we can play again if we did have questions i mean so there is a lot of that going on in the house and unfortunately uh, it takes over various places in the house so i apologize i'm sorry megan but thank you for putting up with it (laughs) (laughs) movie quotes that megan talked about that is absolutely correct i have at least two or three times now this was in this was actually in chat mode it wasn't face to face so it was like a Facebook chat because her and I try to talk every day if we're both able at work. Oh, um, romantic. It, yeah. It's just one of the things we do. It doesn't happen every day, but when we can, and, and we both understand if the other isn't responding, hey, guess what? We're at work. <laughs> we can't always do that. <laughs> but I did do the uh, I don't appreciate your ruse, ma'am, from Clerks. <laughs> the entire dialogue <laughs> at least three times to Megan in Facebook chat. And every time, every response she gave set me up for the next line. <laughs> so that is true. But then on her side, like she said, I, I do a lot of movie quotes. I'm not, I don't remember all movie quotes and all that crap. I, you know, I, I'm just not that person, but Megan will be, and I'm not big on, I have a hard time sometimes. I don't try to memorize actors and all that stuff and other things they've been in and, and whatnot. I'll look them up because, you know, we do we do that on Two Ball Geeks, but I have to look everybody up. I, I'm just not. I just, just doesn't stay. I just the movie is the movie and it's entertaining or not. But what they've been in and yada, yada, yada doesn't always click with me. But Megan will do this. You know, he was the nephew's cousin of that cameraman. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Who? Who remembers the nephew's cousin of the cameraman? I don't. I don't even know there. I, I understand that there are grips. <laughs> Doesn't I don't know them. I don't know what else they've worked on. I, you know. So that's her thing. That's where she, her again. Like she talked about, she's a movie geek. That's her thing. Trying to talk about us IT geeks. Just stop. Please. Don't just don't do just it. Stop. 
And the quote is, it's not, I can't fix your computer. It's, no, I will I will not fix your computer. And I have the shirt. I have the shirt as well. <laughs> and that stems from, and that that is not from Megan, because I always help Megan. It stems from, and Jordan can back me up on this, and of course anybody else in the IT profession, anybody you talk to, <laughs> that you tell them. Anywhere. Anywhere that you're a programmer or that you work in IT, they immediately start telling you what's wrong with it. It's kind of like being a doctor and people giving you their ailments. Anytime. So I was in a taxi <laughs> trying to get someplace and the guy asked me what I did. And I just, I just kind of, I'm, I'm a, a stripper. <laughs> I'm a programmer. Oh, well, my computer's making this noise. And it's like, yeah. And to be fair to being in IT does not mean that you know how to fix every computer. I can't do anything with laptops i don't you know other than updating software and crap like that i know my way a little bit around desktops but i've never built my own i'm not an i'm not an engineer in that aspect and stuff you've never paid the blood price exactly so no i don't uh, so i yeah the i have that i have that uh shirt no i will not fix your computer but i've helped megan i've helped her mother my response to Sarah's uh, comment is, three times, <laughs> three times I've explained you how to migrate your iTunes. Three. Don't. It takes eight don't passes. Don't take that down. It takes eight passes. <laughs> Haven't you ever gone through that seminar? Yes. <laughs> that seminar just gives people an excuse to say they don't. Really... By the way, Think Geek got brought up, which is awesome, but... Uh, I'm I'm just gonna let everybody in on a little secret. Megan has spent more money on herself and the dogs on ThinkGeek <laughs> and presents for other people than me. <laughs> so all of those extra points that she has to get free stuff have not come from getting me stuff. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll get something. <laughs> Sarah did get me the awesome, the dark chocolate polyhedral <laughs> dice last yeah. year for Christmas. So, got a few things. I've got the only uh, family car decals I will ever put on a vehicle. Was that the, the one zombie with the ones? Oh, the zombie, zombie one. ones. Okay. Yeah, and they have a zombie dog and everything. So, and and we ended up getting like a second set free because they screwed something up. So now we get. I got two zombie dogs I can put on the car. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Here's another way you know you're with a geek. When I was listening to what they said, and even when they came out and started telling us about it, I heard Lennox as Lennox. Linux, Linux, however you want to say it. I'm like, what the hell does an operating system have to do with dishware? <laughs> L-E-N-N-O-X, I believe is that one. Linux is what they were talking about. But <laughs> I was like, yeah, Linux is missing the boat. I'm like, what the, what? <laughs> uh, yes, the boat has also sailed on your, the plateware. Uh, <laughs> it's not exactly Franklin Mint, but there's quite a few companies that do do the geek-themed plates and many of things. In fact, at one point, I did almost have an entire set of Alex Ross artwork Justice League plates. So, boat has sailed. You got something you want to... I've got a few others here. No, I'll keep going. I'll, right. I'll work off yours. Because I, I will say Sarah was... Uh, she said what I told her to say. No. She, <laughs> she was fair and balanced. No, I I agree too, and like I said, some of the stuff is uh, is just uh, having fun with it. Megan's right; a lot of people do think I'm shy when they first meet me, 
but that's because I sit back and watch people so I can gauge how I can respond. <laughs> like, okay, this isn't the crowd to talk <laughs> about things like I talk with Jordan, say. <laughs> if I have to explain hentai, then no. <laughs> so I, I am very much an observer, and I like to people watch, so she's right. I mean, I get that all the time. But, yeah, a lot of people do think I'm shy. I'm far from it, actually. But I I do take a little while to gauge who I'm talking to. People just know that I'm grumpy, so they tend to leave me alone. <laughs> Megan is right, and it's been a huge blessing for us, I think, is the Google Shared Calendar. We have a Google Shared Calendar for the podcast. and we have a Which s- I check every two weeks. <laughs> it's true. He's, he's, he's more on top of it than I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. One of these statements is a lie. <laughs> uh, but Megan and I decided to do a shared calendar as well, which has helped me not only with the podcast and be able to figure out, you know, when I can interview people, like we were talking about earlier, if I need to do a side interview and stuff. But it's also helped us just with us. I mean, we we go check that first before anybody makes plans, and as as soon as we've made any type of plans, it goes on the calendar, and that's like the holy grail of can this time be touched? <laughs> so it's it's been a lot of help for us. I don't know if we've ever shared on on the episode the uh, full extent of the geekiness we went through to actually name Zoe. I know it got touched on, but we got Zoe shortly after doing uh, the run of Firefly. And then right behind that, we watched the entire Terminator TV series. And then, of course, Game of Thrones. So her full name is Zoe Summer, or her middle name is Summer. So that's, you know, Firefly, that's Summer Glow, that's Summer, the Dire Wolf. I mean, so we put a lot of geekiness into this. And we put a lot of geekiness into it, but Megan put a lot of nerdiness into it because there was a lot of research and other <laughs> things that happened where I'm just like, let's just start throwing out names. And <laughs> She's very much a researcher. My cat, my one cat. Well, all my cats are. Two of them, Miko and Yoda, are Star Wars characters. <laughs> And nice. the third one, Willow, is I, I already had a cat that I left behind in Toronto named Buffy. And I didn't want another <laughs> Buffy, but she wanted Buffy. So we compromised on Willow. Um, nice. But apparently more often than not, it is evil high collar Willow and <laughs> <laughs> not the happy bouncy Willow. <laughs> I think some of the things that they said really resonated well. It is true. We make them better people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was my takeaway. <laughs> That's all I got out of that segment. The rest of it was just white noise. No, uh, Megan doesn't have to be into everything that I'm into. I don't expect that. I never have. But as long as she is true, real, authentic with what her passions are and uh, follows those, I'm happy. Because I get it. Because I have my own you know, things that I'm interested in and, and do and are very passionate about that I, I can be passionate about it. And I don't expect her to follow suit. Uh, so again, the other part of that would be that, yes, I, I don't force it. Uh, I do look for things that I think Megan will like and I present them, but if she's just like, yeah, I'm like, all right, well, let's move on. Except for she does have to watch Buffy. (laughs) After Fringe. Yes. Uh, Well, we'll see. Remember the to be watched shelf? (laughs) We just got done saying the other night when Fringe is over, we either got, well, we got to hit our DVR hard. And uh, we better watch some movies for a while before we get onto the next power watch of something. Well, actually, Buffy would be a good winter season watch for you guys. <laughs> That'll get you through from like November to 
to spring. <laughs> so that's all I kind of had. You got anything you want to add? No, um, like I said, I think, uh, you know, everything they said was uh, pretty accurate, you know, in terms of life and lifestyle and mm-hmm. housing. And, uh, you they, know, they did an awesome job. Yeah. They really did. So thanks a lot, ladies. Megan, you'll be hearing this sometime next year, maybe. I don't know. That's the other thing. I really don't. I don't, I don't know where she got that. I don't really push the podcast at all on her because she doesn't really listen to a lot of podcasts. So I know that. And she's not, you know, like me, I, I commute. So I know why I'm listening to podcasts now. It's, it's my commute stuff now. You know, she works in an office and, you know, she's dealing with stuff all day. She's not sitting around listening to a podcast, but sometimes she will, like if she's driving home or something like that, she'll grab one. So yeah, she doesn't listen to them consistently. I'm fine with that. But I do, I might give off the, you know, listen to it if you want to know what we talked about. Because, okay, but here's the deal. We've recorded it. I've edited it. Lord knows I don't want to hear it again by the time I'm done editing it. And I'm already on to what we're recording next. (laughs) (laughs) So, and depending on what state I am in and if there's a two-balled geeks thrown in there, I may not even remember part of what (laughs) we talked about anyway. But, no, they did an awesome job and... uh I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it, it's going to be kind of up to them when they want to come back or if we have something. I know a few people commented on it was nice to have their opinion on some games. But again, it's got to be games that we know they'll play. Uh, we're not going to force them to sit in on stuff that <laughs> it's like they're just going to come on and say, yeah, this really was a burn. So we'll see. They'll be back. They'll be back for the Game of Thrones. They'll be back. Game review. We're going to review Gothic Doctor, which is on Kickstarter right now. It's from Meltdown Games. Uh, Let's see. When I checked, they were around 31% funded. So, Gothic Doctor. Now, this is a prototype. You know, so it's it's not a finished product. Some of the things that we look at, we're probably not going to be talking about as hard. We don't have final components and all that good stuff. What we'll focus in on a little bit more is probably the gameplay aspect of the game. So, Gothic Doctor, let me give you the flavor text here. 1850s London is a good place to be a doctor, especially if you cater to the, shall we say, least savory members of society. While your colleagues are running around day in and day out, tending to every butler with glass in his hand or hysterical socialite, you've found your niche. The patients whom literally no one else will touch, and who thus pay the best. What's even better, if you play your cards right, you could even become a partner in the practice. And that's kind of what you're trying to do in the game. Uh, You're trying to become a partner in this practice, and it's a kind of a race-slash-competition. Who can raise the most money in a night? You're basically trying to cure all the gothic style things that you can think of. You I mean you're looking at, you know, vampires and werewolves and madmen and stuff like that. And then there's uh what they call legends as well, so you actually get like Mr. Hyde and and there's demons and ghosts and all that kind of good stuff. So how do you play? Whoever's the first player is gonna be the time tracker. Make sure that person knows how to track time, Jeff. Move your fuel. <laughs> Move your fuel. <laughs> uh, you're going to go from uh, 7 p.m. when Sorry. darkness falls till 5 a.m. when sun rises. And, you know, so each each turn is an hour. Let's see. What do you start with? Six. From the treatment. Do- from the treatment book and then one action. One action. So you start with seven cards. And then on your turn, you'll play an action if you 
have one and if you want to. So that one's optional. But you can play an action. Uh, some actions are played later in the turn, and they tell you if it's appropriate to play them later. Otherwise, most actions have to be played right now. Uh, and they do various things. Uh, ones that let you rearrange the medical area where the cards that you need to do cures. There's some that let you rearrange or, or mess with the waiting room, which is the patients that you can pick from. Some might add to the money that the patient is worth or take away, make it zero out a patient that your opponent's dealing with. There's just all kinds of different things that they can do. Before the turn, I suppose continuing on with setup, there are seven patients out. That it'll be face up, and then the rest of the deck is the draw deck. So when you cure a patient, a new patient will come out as long as you're under seven patients. So if somehow extra patients get added, you don't replace until you get down below seven. So there's always se at least seven patients out. When you're setting up the game, the first two patients basically produce specialty cards. So let's say the first patient is a madness-type patient, then madness is going to be the specialty card that comes out, which means you're going to get bonus money for the player who has, it's usually three or more, and then it's whoever has the most patients cured with madness at the end of the game. And then the second one, let's say, is ghosts. So then you'll get the ghost specialty. So that part is kind of randomized by whichever first two patients come out. If two of them come out the same, so if you draw two, set, two madness, then you go to the third one until you basically get two specialty cards again the two specialties are bonus money that you get at the end of the game for having the most of that type of patient as long as you've cured at least three and along with those two bonuses there's also the generalist card yes. which if you treat one of each type there's seven types of creatures but the demons don't have a card so they're not on there so as long as you treat one of each of the others you will get the generalist. Yeah, you'll get the generalist bonus. The other two are one player is going to earn them. The generalist, multiple people can earn. So as long as you've done that set, any player that's done that set will get that bonus. And then there's the uh, medical area, the medical library, that's what it's called. The, so three cards will be face up from the treatment deck, and that's considered the medical library. And those are cards like when when we talk about what you do in your turn that you can take. And then the action cards are always set off to the side face down. So you'll always be drawing those blindly. And that's pretty much your uh, setup. So then on your turn, what you're going to do is, again, you play the action card uh, if you want and if you can. And then you will either treat a patient, which in order to treat a patient, each patient has symbols on them for different things out of the medical or the treatment deck. And you have to match all of them to treat that patient. And if you can treat that patient, you go ahead and do it. And then it goes into your treatment. Your score pile. Your score pile. And then all of them have a money value on them, and that's how much money you got for treating that patient. And then you'll immediately flip a new patient over, like we said, as long as you're under seven. You all, you always stay at seven patients in the waiting room. You treat a patient and draw cards, or you don't treat a patient and draw cards. So you're going to be drawing cards no matter what. If you treat a patient, now here's the thing that it's a little goofy and maybe the wording or it might confuse some people. It's really not that bad once you get used to it. Your hand limit, hand size limit is seven. But if you've treated a patient, you basically have as many draws as seven minus the cards in your hand. So if you've got four cards still left in your hand, you have three draws. Now, I like to think of them more as like, I don't know, draw actions or something like that because, or draw points maybe is a better term because you can use them to either 
Uh, you can spend one point to take an action card blind. You can spend one point to take a treatment card blind. Or you can spend one point to take a treatment card face up as long as it's not a panacea. If it's a panacea, it costs you two points if it's face up. So that's the only time you're going to spend more than one point per draw. But you can potentially like have three draw points, but you're only going to maybe draw two cards because if a panacea is face up, which is a wild in the game for treatment, uh, and usually you're going to want to try to grab those. Much uh, like in Ticket to Ride, if you take a face up wild card train, that's your two draw, your your two pulls for that turn. Same thing with the panacea; it counts as two of. And for the sake of clarity, I, I think they should change it from draws to cards and say that the panacea counts for two cards instead of two draws. Mm-hmm. Because as you said, you know, the first playthrough, I mean, it's easy to get a hold of to get, get your head around. But just for the sake of clarity, I think that would be a, a better venue for them, a better way for them to go avenue is what yep. I was trying to say. <laughs> and then uh, if you don't cure a patient, you have as many draw points as nine minus the cards in your hand. So again, going with if I have four cards in my hand, but I didn't cure anything, now I have five draw points. And once you're done drawing up whatever you're going to draw, and if you played any action cards that help with your draw, any of that kind of stuff, you immediately discard down back to seven. So even if you used every point as a single point and put nine cards in your hand, you're just basically giving yourself a few more options. You have to, but you, you will have to get rid of at least two because you got to go down to seven. It's worth noting that you can your max hand size is seven, but even though you draw up at the end of every turn, you can end up under seven. Yes, with the panaceas being worth two draws. If you draw two panaceas and you only have uh, three cards in your hand, or I should say, if you have two cards in your hand and you're trying to draw five points, you draw two panaceas. Well, then you're only getting one more card after that so you're going to be under seven so it's not a requirement to be at seven it's a requirement to have the the draw points yes it's not a requirement to be at seven but it is a requirement to get down to seven yes (laughs) and that's pretty much your turn i mean Mm -hmm. you're just going to rinse and repeat like that for again until was it 5 a.m i said yes uh until you get to the 5 a.m mark which will be your final turn and each player is going to do this and then you turn around and you add up all the money that you've gathered. And whoever has the most money wins. If there's a tie, it goes to whoever treated the most patients. If there's still a tie, it goes to whoever treated the most legendaries, most legends. And if it's still a tie, then Jordan wins. And if it's still a tie, then you play another? No, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you, they just say, congratulations, you're both partners or everybody's a partner of the tie. So the treatment guy has 12 different types of cards in the treatment deck. So 12 different symbols that can uh, appear on all of these, you know, monsters, creatures, whatever you want to call them, uh, that you're trying to cure. And let's see, let's go down the list here. There's a bandage removal, exorcism, facial reconstruction, fang extraction, a good shave, herbal remedy, holy water, opiates, hey, 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 now, panacea, Realignment of the humors, silver pin acupuncture, and trepanations. So, for instance, a werewolf I know has a good shave and silver pin acupuncture and maybe one more. So just little things like that. And again, depending on the amount of money it's worth and if it's a legend and and whatnot, uh, it's going to have varying degrees of how many of these symbols are on them. 
panaceas can be used to replace any one thing, but legends all require a panacea in their mix. So it's, it's as is a panacea plus whatever else it needs. Your basic cute creatures like the Renfields and the, and the werewolves, those generally are only two and they're generally like only 50 pounds each as, as far as scoring. Then your mid-level stuff has generally three and they're around a hundred pounds for scoring. And then your legends and your named creatures and your demons are four, one of which has to be a panacea and they're all 150. All right. So let's just get into what we normally get into components. Again, we're not going to talk a hardcore amount about components because we do have a prototype, but from what we've seen, it was pointed out to us what was final artwork, what was still in the works. Uh, what do you, what do you think of the art style they've chosen? Let's go that route. I like it. It's cartoony. Yeah, but not, 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 not funny cartoony. Yeah, just yeah. not realistic life drawing. Right. I like it. It's, you know, it's the, the box art, assuming that's going to, the, the picture we have, uh, on the, what was it? The instructions are on their web, uh, on the Kickstarter page, yeah. assuming that's going to be the final box art. The rest of it's in line with that. And I think it all fits together pretty well. Yeah, I kind of like it. it. Looking through it, I wasn't sure what was final, what wasn't until I read the note that came along with it. They they sent us a nice note to go with it to let us know where it stood. It is a cartoon style, but it, yeah, it's it's a cartoony was definitely wrong because it's not this it's not overly fun, cheery, manga-ish, big eye thing, nothing like that. But it's 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 not photorealistic or anything like that either. But it it fits and it does a good job for what it what it's supposed to be and the artwork fits. The one thing that we highly recommend to them, the realignment of the humors icon. That needs to have something happen with it because it is very, very hard to see on the card sometimes. The darker background, this is the only icon that I think on at least two occasions, we almost missed that it was needed. Oh, I did. I tried to yeah. cure one creature, and you had to point out that I was not realigning his humors. <laughs> yeah, so that needs something. I mean, it needs either more white behind it or something to make it stick out. But really, of all the icons and stuff, and I and we don't even know if the icons are, are final. No, that's true. But if they are, please change that one. <laughs> it should not be final. But that needs that needs a little help in the prototype. Other than that, though, I mean, it's component wise, it's cards. It's a card game. And whatever they're gonna do for the time tracker, you know, we just got a little, you know, uh, oversized card, and uh, I had my own cube that we used for. Again, this is a prototype, uh, a quick, quick thing for us to review. There's a lot of little things in the game, but again, prototype. So there, there's no point in giving them, yeah. you know, running down a list of tiny things. Yeah. Mechanics. What did you think of the mechanics of this game? They're very solid. They work very well together. Each turn you have a limited number of things that you can do, and you're given a strict order in which to do them. So there's very little confusion. The only thing we came up with was timing, and that's in the draw phase. If you're playing an action in the draw phase that affects your draw, do you do that before or after your regular draw? Yeah, and I actually talked to one of them about that, and uh, they said, one, the confusion we kind of had was, I think one of the very first ones that you played said it was in the draw phase and then had that draw keyword, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then that clicked for me as an association that every time that draw keyword comes up, it's the draw phase. That's not true. Oh, okay. And they've changed that keyword, they said. 
Oh, okay. The, the prototypes that came after the one that we got and going forward, they changed the keywords so they don't match up with the actions. And it specifically says either in the text or there's the ones, and we did see those that say play anytime. Mm-hmm. Those cards are the only ones that can be played outside of the action phase. So some of those ones actually do get played in the action phase. Okay. Um, so less of an issue. Cause I did bring that up. I said, cause they weren't quite understanding what I was talking about as far as the timing might matter. And I was like, well, if this, this, and this, and they're like, oh, okay. I see, we see your confusion. And we, and we had a feeling that was, that's why we've changed the keywords, blah, blah, blah. So I'm assuming in the newer version, that's not as big of a deal, but they've at least, they are aware of it and they've known about it. Well, in that case, everything in terms of timings and, and action sequences is pretty straightforward. There's, should be little because that was the only gray area we found. Yeah, and it was so minor. Yeah, I mean, we got through it. So everything else is, uh, yeah. Well, there were no other gray areas, so everything else works no. well. The thing is, it, like you, like you kind of said, is it's quick. I mean, there's only a handful of things you're going to do on your turn, right? It's like here's the here's your three options, three or four options. Well, two options. Here's what you're going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Here's your option. Here's what you're going to do. Yeah. You know, and it's. And the majority of your time really is kind of spent around, do I have the icons I need? You know, you've got seven characters to look for or look at to see if you can treat any of them. And you only get to treat one unless somewhere along the line you got some action card that allows you to go outside of it. But you only get to treat, basically you get to treat a patient an hour. So that's another thing I kind of like is this is a very tight game. It's very short. It's very quick, very tight, but you do have to, Go through, okay, there's seven people, uh, do I have this, do I have this, a little bit of that. But it's not bad at all. It's nothing that detracts from the game. It's a very good game. The other thing I think that works really well for us, lots of screw your neighbor. Very much so. <laughs> there's lots of cards that go out there and let you dink around with yeah. your opponents. This, this is very high on our you dick meter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually this is one, now we've only gotten to play it two players. I would, I think, enjoy playing this more players as well. This is this is a good solid one, and then you get to maybe spread out the you dick stuff to some other people. Jordan and I had a, I mean, we had a good time with it. And again, even when we were like blocking the hell out of each other, or stopping each other from scoring points and all that kind of, because again, like I said, there's there's things that let you, you know, oh, you're not drawing cards, or oh, you're not, you know, you're not. Getting any money for you're that. not scoring yeah. oh, at all, yeah. or he's going oh, back to the right. Or room. hey, oh, remember when you scored that a while ago? Nope, <laughs> not anymore. You doing this, dude, for free? Yeah, yeah. It's a solid game. It, it is. It really is. I can't say anything really that bad about it. I mean, it's not a it's not a hardcore game. It's not something that you're going to be like, uh, you know, it's not a war game. It's not anything. Like that. It's it's your more casual game, but it's not a filler either really no, it's not a filler it's not a party game it's casual but it's not party right. casual it's and it's casual it's, but it's not filler it's not like you're going to bust this out and do three games in 10 minutes or something like that right you know this is it's a warm-up game or it's a wind down game if you know somebody's coming in an hour you can get in a couple of these or if you know somebody just totally whooped up on everybody else in one game and suddenly you don't you've got an hour you didn't expect then yeah you can again bust out those and get in a couple games it's it's a little bit more than filler but it's uh, right. it's it's not a full uh, it's not a hardcore game yeah I, I i fully agree and it it has its place i definitely would enjoy having this in my arsenal to break out every once in a while and i think it can appeal uh unfortunately megan and i were going to try to play it yesterday of course fringe took over our life after we recorded <laughs> so we didn't play it sadly but i think it has 
a bit of a universal appeal too. I mean, even like when you and I are playing it, Sarah just kind of came by and went, Oh, what are you guys playing? Mm-hmm. You know, so it has some appeal outside of just the gamer circle too. So this is one that you could potentially break out with your friends, family, casual gamers. Well, it does pull right off the whole, you know, the literary monsters. Yes. There is Mr. Hyde in there. There is, I well, I call him the Renfield, but it's it's the lab the assistant or yeah the lab yeah. assistant and because there, there's a vampire yeah you know and then there's the werewolf and so it's it's pulling on you know the well and there's Frankenstein and Frankenstein's mm-hmm. monster so I mean they pulled you know they didn't go into the license but they pulled all the public use right. you know literary characters in here and, and so that if you, if you like that kind of reading or even some of the crap movies that have been made on those characters <laughs> yeah there's a little something to pull you in there. All right, rules. Again, we've got a prototype, but the rules are pretty solid. I mean, we had no issues. Again, this is a pretty, what you do on your turn is pretty straightforward. Uh, hopefully in the actual, I mean, I think in the actual rule book, just some examples, set up example, all that kind of stuff, uh, where what we got was straight text. But again, prototype, mm-hmm. kind of expect that. They sent along the quick start guide, yep. and it's really kind of redundant because just the basic rules that they provided us were well, it's the game is sufficiently uncomplicated that any kind of guide is a quick start guide, is what I'm saying. It's, it's they're, yeah. They're, well, I, I think with the with that they were just like here's a visual, yeah, uh, more of a visual uh, reference. I mean, it's it's all still text, but it's kind of the you know word bubbles of here's where mm-hmm. this, yeah. Here's but where as long this. as their finished yeah. book is yeah. has like you say at least one diagram, yeah. then there's really no need because I, I think part of what they were probably concerned with is in here it does say something like here's your basics up now here's advanced here here's you know because then they go into here's how you you know the, and then they get kind of wordy about how you pick the specialties and and the seven you know you're gonna have seven characters that is one thing that i did notice is they need to uh parse a little bit better you know it's like when actions you play an action if you have one and want to just may yeah <laughs> you know yeah, a couple just- quick Parentheses optional, like a, yeah. lot of, a lot of places do. You know, this is this is your optional phase. You know, I, 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 but that's really the only rule. But some of the cards, well, now that they've changed the the keyword, the yeah. keyword away from the phase name, so that that's cleaned that up. So there there's not a lot that they need to tighten up in terms of gameplay or or rules, but a couple things. It yeah. Sounds like they're working on them. Yep, teachability. I mean, I think we've kind of covered that a bit, but this was super easy. I sat down with the rules. And went through them fairly quickly. I already kind of had them down. They actually did do a gameplay video, which I watched real quick just to make sure I was on the right track. Cause you know, every once in a while you get that in your head too. You'll be reading a rule, rule book and you, th- you're pretty sure you got it mm-hmm. until you actually see it or you see it on the table and then you're like, Oh crap. I really don't understand how this works. Oh, that has a totally different yeah. context now. <laughs> uh, but I watched the video and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's exactly what I thought it was, you know, kind of deal. Then, like you said, they, they emailed me later after they made the quick start guide, sent that to me to make, make sure we had that. And Jordan and I sat down and it was just like, I mean, again, minutes. Here's explaining it while setting up the gameplay area and we were off and running and played several times, had no issues. Again, like you said, the only, only thing we ever really had was misunderstanding of timing, uh, which has since been fixed. So. Very easy one to teach, which is, again, another reason why I say this will be easy to get in on casual gamers because you're not going to have to have a lengthy explanation on how this game works or how to set it up. It's not going to, it's all card based. So it's, you know, you're not setting up like a thousand different wooden tokens and stuff like that. It's just, here's the cards. Here's the, 
Here's the setup. Let's go. <laughs> so well done there. Theme. What did you think of the theme? I really liked it. I hinted at all the literary monsters, and I like them. So this this drew me in. And when you first brought that to me and, and I looked at the Kickstarter page, I was like, oh, well, okay, I'm definitely down for this. I'll give this a shot. I mean, you know, like when we did Stones of Fate, it was kind of like, oh, okay. This <laughs> looks like it's going to be a, a, a brain grinder, but it, but it wasn't. But this one, I was, you know, into it right off the bat. And, uh, yeah, very much enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. I, I like the theme. Uh, I like the overall look they're putting into it. I like some of the fluff text and whatnot that they've tried to do. Yeah, they're they're putting the details yeah. in, into the theme. You know, the, they've got proper English in there. Snob. You know, <laughs> English, English. You know, it's the Victorian doctor's office, so they have everything is in pounds sterling. You're not scoring $100, you're scoring 100 pounds. Yep. You know, it's, even the little details like that, you, they're, they're putting in there. All right, so fun factor. Uh, if you haven't guessed by now, we hated this game. Oh, it was a horrible <laughs> piece of trash. Why are you even wasting bandwidth on a Kickstarter? I don't know. <laughs> we thoroughly enjoyed this game. We had a lot of fun with it. We played it several times. I have no problems. I think even after this is done, I mean, we're going to be probably playing it a few more times. Uh, I look forward to seeing the final product. Uh, I may pick up the final product as well. Definitely a good game. I hope this gets successfully funded. All right, so we will have the link in the show notes to the Kickstarter. But again, it's called Gothic Doctor, all spelled properly, no K's or anything in there. So Gothic Doctor from Meltdown Games. It is on Kickstarter right now. And this project will go until June 29th. So go check it out. What we're watching... Not a lot. Uh, as with the last two eps, the NHL playoffs are going. We're into the Stanley <laughs> Cup Finals. Bruins and Blackhawks, one game apiece. Oot. Neither one of them knows how to finish a game in regular time. Both have gone to overtime. <laughs> I'd like to go to bed at some point, people. Usual TV stuff. This time of year, not a lot on. At least not a lot on that I watch. But Longmire has uh, kept me going here. I really enjoyed that last season, and it's uh, continuing to be enjoyable this season. Obviously, we've just done the Game of Thrones podcast because uh, the finale was two weeks ago, series season finale, or possibly the season opener for next year, depending. <laughs> depending on You'll hear my thoughts on that. Depending on what you think. And this past weekend, Sarah and I went to see This Is the End. We want to see that so it bad. It is just bloody hilarious. It is. If you've seen the Red Band trailer. Oh, yeah. It's just all that for 90 minutes. Nice. All that stuff in the Red Band trailer is actually part of the movie. You know, when I first saw the Red Band trailer, I was like, well, are they just doing themselves in the movie or are they <laughs> going to do characters and this is just the trailer? But it's just themselves, you know. Yeah. And it's really hilarious. It's. Uh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's well worth it. So, yeah, hockey, a little bit of TV and a movie. Let's see. For me, I don't know if I've ever talked about this one, but I got another tattoo show. Who? Tattoo Nightmares. Seen that one out? No. This is a shop that opened up. A couple of them, I think, were on other shows at one point, but they do cover-ups. That's all they do is cover-ups. So, wish it was. Bangin and I both wish it was a little less about the story behind the cover-up because it's all you know, really stupid. Sorry. And I get tired. Of, uh, here's my rant on the deal. <laughs> I get so tired of people coming in. Is this an app where I don't rant? And no, you this, do? this, this is my rant. I'm getting so tired of people coming in and they have a tattoo to cover up on their leg or on their back 
or on their upper shoulder or something like that. And they start off the story with, this tattoo is ruining my life, my career, my... It's like, what the... No, it's not. It's a tattoo that nobody sees ever unless you show it to them. It's not ruining your career. And the people that go in and go, my wife's going to leave me if I don't... She's probably going to leave you anyway. <laughs> if If it's that bad... <laughs> The tattoo but, <laughs> is the excuse, not the reason. But once you get past that, <laughs> these guys do amazing work. It's just absolutely gorgeous tattoos that they come up with, and they do cover-ups on things that I have uh, that I know a lot of shops won't even touch, won't even go near, and they just do awesome work. And their dynamic is really cool because it's one of the few tattoo shops where they all get along, they're friends. They like it. They're not trying to show drama on the show other than the stories from the people. So it's, it's kind of a nice refreshing thing versus all, you know, the competition shows where, where at some point they all get into screaming matches or things like New York Inc. where they have the drama in the shop and stuff like that that kind of overshadows sometimes. This just beautiful artwork. So it's been a fun one. And Top Shot All Stars is on. Love that show. Have you ever seen any of the top shots? Now, I'm not a, I'm not, again, I'm not. That's uh, me shaking my head no, by <laughs> yeah, the way. It's, it's, it works well in audio. <laughs> rattle, 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 rattle. <laughs> I'm not a gun person. I'm not a hunter. I'm not any of that stuff. But the shots that these guys do and the trick shots and all the competition that they go and the different things that they make them, the different hoops they make them all jump through is amazing to me. And, and what they pull off on that show and what they make look so easy. So incredibly easy that I'm sure there's a, a a thousand yahoos sitting in an armchair somewhere going, oh, I can get on I that show, that. you know. But it it's just amazing to me some of the stuff they do. And Megan and I have both loved that show. I think she missed the first season and started watching with me in the second season. I think they've had three. ah. So you did make her just get right in into the second season no. and not catch up. Cause this, I, she, no, not at all. Because this was something that I wasn't watching around her and she just started, she just started uh, okay. watching it and decided she liked it. Cause this was one I was actually watching. I don't even, I wasn't even recording it for a while. I was watching on Hulu. I wasn't even bothering to put it on the DVR. Now she puts it on the DVR. <laughs> it's just a great show. I think they've had three regular seasons, if I remember right. So this is the all star, everybody that didn't, you know, a bunch of people that didn't win or made it to the top, whatever, but didn't win from the previous three seasons. So. Lots of great people back and uh, a lot less drama too, which is nice. Again, it's, I, I don't know, I'm not big into all the drama crap that comes with some of the competition stuff. I've been watching the IT crowd. I've been excellent show watching the hell out of that. I didn't care for it at first. It started off a little mad to me and it took me and I almost didn't go back. I got like an episode and a half in and I walked away. I was just like, nah. But then I decided to just have keep... you tried turning it off and turning yeah. it back on again? <laughs> but I'm now I've got one season left to to watch, and that's it's nice in that aspect because it's a short you know they're short seasons. It's a short show. It's something that I can easily watch. Like if I know Megan's on her way home or something like that, I can get an episode in or something, mm -hmm. and it's something I can easily walk away from. So I've been watching that off and on on Netflix, and yeah, I got one more one more season, left. and it it has grown on me, especially the. I just shared it on Megan's because I was telling her about it this weekend on Megan's Facebook page. Though I shared the video, somebody else shared it today. I was like, "I just talking about that." But when they give her the internet to take yes, the shareholder yes. meetings, I love that. That was the best episode ever. All right, so there's that. Here's one that Jordan will love. We we 
finally got around to watching the Revolution finale. Good for you. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we stayed. I've with heard it. if you stuck with it, it was worth it. We stayed with it. Was we, it worth it? I, I, the show's fine. I mean, right. it's not. It's not at the top of my list, but it's it's worth watching. I can't think any less of you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> and of course, as stated several times, we are power watching Fringe. We are actually finally into the fifth season. We're on the second disc of the fifth season. There's only three discs in the Blu-ray set, so we're we're getting there. This was a shortened season. Season five, so. And the last thing I have is I did rewatch VHS because that's the movie that we reviewed on Two Bald Geeks. So, what we're reading slash listening to. I haven't been reading, reading. (laughs) I'm not into a book or novel or anything right now. Uh, I did read. Some comic stuff, though. Saga, Volume 1, which collects issues 1 through 6. I read through that. That's from Image, right? Yes. Is that on Image? Okay. Because you and I talked about that a little bit. That I Basically, they had the first issue free, and I'd heard a little bit about it, so I wanted to check it out. And I read the first issue, and I was like, all right. And they had a volume. They had a collection of 1 through 6, so I grabbed that, read through that. I enjoyed that. It was pretty good. I see they're up to, at least in Comixology, they're up to issue 12, so I'm hoping there'll be like a second volume here soon that I can maybe grab. But I backed away from that just because if they have the volume, I'll get it. But <laughs> I didn't want to buy them all individually. I don't know. I, I'm, but Saga was my first actual purchase off of Comixology. It took, that's what finally hit it for me. I've been grabbing a bunch of free comics, and I've read four or five different things, but just like the first issue, and nothing really caught me but Saga was the first one. Well, BKV, he's a good writer. I'll give anything he does a shot. He did uh, Why the Last Man, and he did some of oh, Buffy yeah, Season 8. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Saga. I really liked... I've only read the first six or seven issues myself. I have more, but, I've, you know, I just read what I right. grabs me at any given time. I'm up to the appearance of the grandparents, or the parents, I guess, technically. Yeah, that on the... On the ship. On the ship. Yeah, that's where... That was, like, six. Yeah, they appeared, okay. they appeared, like, right at the end of six or something like that. So. Right. Yep, that's what I read through. And then I read, uh, I should say reread. I've never really followed a lot of web comics, but this one I did. Have you ever heard of Shadow Girls? No. They're no longer doing it. This is the hardcover. They call it Shadow Girls Season 1, so it's the first arc. And I think it's, they, they either quit right after this or there might be a couple more on the website. I can't remember, but it's the collection and putting them all, put it all in a book. Uh, and the reason I ended up getting this was I used to read it. I used to follow it. It's one of the few thing, few web comics that I actually went to every week or whenever their thing was to read it. And uh, I had liked them on Facebook. They had a Facebook page. I was like, all right, I'll like them. Even though I know they're pretty much gone. But I still love this series, so I, I did a like. Well, recently it, they popped up in my news feed. And it was, we've got information coming soon or news or something like this. Like, oh, okay. And, uh, you know, and then they finally announced it. And it's like, no, we're not coming back with the comic. It's like, well, you bastards. But it was, uh, they licensed out or they, they've got an agreement with somebody to write a novel in the universe. And it's this mom and, and daughter. Uh, and it's, mm. it's all Lovecraftian. Oh, okay. So they're the shadow girls. They're the ones that are supposed, they basically are trying to stop the ancient one from awakening the, which in this, incarnation is Dagon. 
So you get all the fish people and stuff, and some of them are disguised as humans, and and their battle with them, and and these two initially not knowing they're the shadow girls. It, it the story kind of starts with the mother pre-birth of the daughter, where she's just found wandering. She had ran off. Nobody knew where she was, and she was found wandering like in a desert or something like that, without no had no idea what was going on, and she was pregnant. And then you know they. Fast There's forward. a story there. Yeah. <laughs> and they fast forward to when, you know, the child is born and stuff. And then her boyfriend at the time wants nothing to do with her. They go their own ways. And then he marries like her arch nemesis from high school and all this crap. And then they all get involved. And so it's a little bit of Gilmore Girls, a little bit of Lovecraft, <laughs> but it's a very good, very well drawn. At least I think so. I, I liked the art style. I liked the inclusion of the Lovecraftian stuff. I liked the series, especially when it was just a, a web comic. It was a high quality web comic to me. And so I grabbed the hardcover when they announced the novel. So I just reread it. Cool. If you want to borrow it, I just, I'm done with it. Sure. And then, uh, add that to the list of books of yours yeah. that I have. <laughs> well, again, I just, I'm done with it. So I, I just reread it. And like I said, I think it's, and I think it's also, I think you can still go to the shadowgirls.com or search for shadow girls on Google. And I, I think the website is still up and I think the, it, the whole thing is still out there. This is just collecting it all in one one shot. For listening, you know, like I've been, I've told you a few times, I'm primarily listening to podcasts about podcasting. <laughs> I'm just giving a bunch a try. I'm not really going to go any any details or talk about anyone individually because I haven't decided yet how many of them I'm keeping or how many of them I think is worthwhile. Do you have a link you could put up to? i have an affiliate link that you can go visit and that that's my big thing right now i basically my my deal is well and i've pretty much put the rest of my podcasting listening on hold to go through a bunch of these that i downloaded so my catalog's backing up but i want one i thought i'll find some stuff because i can always learn stuff right i mean we you know it's i'm not a pioneer in podcasting by any means and i'm sure there's other people out there that have been doing it longer that maybe we can get some decent tips off of and I can put them to good use for this and Two Bald Geeks and anything else we do in the future. But unfortunately, they're in a different realm than we are. <laughs> I can listen to an hour-long podcast and listen about 40 minutes of it, 40 to 50 minutes of it is all, hey, guys, I've got something special for you today. Check out my affiliate link here. So it's all it's infomercial. It's a lot of infomercial. And some of them are like they do... They want you to spend money to go learn how to podcast. So they do, you know, uh, podcasting classes and also, so it's all about that. And then you get about anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes of possible useful stuff. At least that's what I'm finding with the ones I'm checking out so far. So I don't know. At some point, if any of them really catch on to me, uh, maybe I'll share them. But that's what I'm doing right now. I'm listening to some of these, you know, like I said, every once in a while I get, oh, that's kind of cool to know. But for the most part, it's just, if you listen to us, you know we don't like harp heavy <laughs> on way and you know I, I haven't we we don't sign sign up for an affiliate thing unless it makes sense for our show like what I talked about earlier with the Audible it made sense because we talk about audiobooks a lot just little things like that and Jordan and I have talked and and basically anything that we do promote or that can potentially help us I mean we both want to agree that it makes sense for the show. <laughs> so it's a different world. 
It's a totally different world because, and it bothers me kind of to a point because I'm not in that mind frame. Well, now, granted, these are people that are making their entire living now on podcasting, so more power to them and congratulations and stuff. But yeah, I don't want our entire podcast to ever become this huge upsell. <laughs> but that's what I have. But let me talk to you about this blender, and I've got a link <laughs> to it. My list has not grown or changed that significantly in the last month apparently that makes it easy uh yeah i'm almost i'll just done. cut and paste last yes. episode i'm almost done leviathan awakes the no, uh, the essay cory book now you're reading it right? no that is what i'm listening to oh, okay that's one you're listening to. yeah because yes. i think yeah okay this is a book that has changed no it has not changed genres <laughs> but it has gone through missing person slash detective to sci-fi war to Zombies. I'll just throw it out there. Zombies <laughs> to intrigue to, you know, the conspiracy and not in a bad way at all. This is all one book. And he's gone through all this stuff and seamlessly. This book has been just ridiculously entertaining. Nice. If, if you want a book to either read or listen to that's going to hit like every one of your sci fi genre niches. This is it. Zerpang the book. It is. It is Zerpang the book. <laughs> so yeah, James, I believe it is, S.A. Corey. Check it out. Leviathan Awakes. He's built a universe here, and I hope there are more books in it. Because this dude, I mean, he's really caught my eye. Nice. Ear, I guess. Uh, and if he's got more stuff, especially in this universe, I'm definitely going to check it out. As I said last time, I was going to have to make a choice between Trudy Canavan or Warhammer 40K. And I went with Warhammer. The Kindle is now sitting down under my bedside table. And I've been, when I've had the chance, and that's just it, I haven't had the chance in the last, well, the month. It's just been between fun stuff, not so fun stuff, and work. I just have had no time to, to make headway in anything. But now I am concentrating on the Gaunt's Ghosts omnibus. We've gotten up to, I think, the core point of the first book. The The true villain is about to be... Well, no. What I assume is the true villain is not about to be revealed. He's going after the red herring right now. Uh, and that's the only actual book I'm reading. On the comic side, Blue Beetle, one of the new 52 titles that got canceled earlier this year. I'm working my way through that. I, I read the first couple issues last year and just kind of set it aside because there was a lot of other stuff I really wanted to read. But since it's canceled, I know I have just a finite number of issues. So yeah. I'm just going through that. And this is, again, the the Hispanic kid. This isn't Ted Cord because he remains dead in the New 52. Not a spoiler, people. <laughs> and the first time they did him, Jamie Reyes, in, in, in the previous universe, it didn't really twig with me. There was too much of the uh, the high school, you know, and too much of the Beverly Hills, not a tunnel, only, only in New Mexico, you know? <laughs> But this, they kept it in the school a little bit, but they moved it pretty fast out of that. And it's still in the community, you know, and they're still, uh, I don't know if they're pandering or a lot of the dialogue is in Spanish, but it's it's not key. It's in the moment stuff. It's, you know, Dios mío, like, you know, it's, that's it, you know, and there's things, but then they have the obviously white dude there that needs the translation, so they have a reason to then translate what was just said. I don't know if this is pandering or if it's an actually fairly successful attempt by DC to be a little bit multicultural here. I, uh, as you know, I've never been fond of Jon Stewart, but <laughs> this this is working for me. I, I think it's I think it's doing pretty well, and I think I'm up to 
I read issue 12 and their annual, the triple zero issue. So I think I only have four issues or so left. So it's actually turning out that I'm kind of disappointed this one got canceled. But uh, DC never gives anybody that doesn't wear a cape or a cowl a fair shake. If it's not Superman, Batman, or Big Tits, they don't care. <laughs> Finished off Fear Itself, which uh, typically Marvel turned out to be fairly disappointing. Turned out that a lot of the interesting stuff, I think, happened in between issues six and seven and other books, which I didn't read. <laughs> and then we just got to a finale in book seven, which was, eh, I will say, anticlimactic. And I'll leave it at that. So now I don't really regret not having bought any of the hero clicks either. <laughs> and then I'm also working on Savage Wolverine. I've just gone through the first four issues. This is one of the now 22, or the Marvel Now titles, uh, Savage Wolverine. It's Frank Cho is writing it and uh, doing the pencils. He's known for his pinup kind of style in the comics, but he does a lot of really good comic art in general. And I'm really enjoying this take on Wolverine. He's down in the Savage Land. There's an interesting cast of characters. Kazar's not there, at least not yet. I assume he's going to be. But it's Wolverine. It's Shanna the She-Devil, and of all people, it's Amadeus Cho. Wolverine and uh, Amadeus show up at different times. No explanation why. They just follow to the sky. I assume there's going to be an explanation. Cho's a bit of a better writer than that. But they literally it's follow. lost. The- yes, they literally follow <laughs> to the sky in the book. Shanna, of course, is always there. It starts off with a S.H.I.E.L.D. research team. Of course, being stupid, they fly to the Forbidden Island. You know, well, why is it forbidden? We don't know. It's forbidden. Well, let's go find out. And there's some sort of tech damping field there. And, of course, so they their little S.H.I.E.L.D. flight uh, hover car crashes, of course. And so then it's like eight months later, Wolverine shows up. And then the next issue, Amadeus Joe shows up. And there's locals there that are, you know, defend uh, this island to the death for reasons unknown. Well, actually, the reasons are known now in the fourth issue that I just finished. Not quite sure where they're up to with Savage Wolverine. I might actually be up to date on this one. I'm not sure. <laughs> that won't last. But yeah, it's 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 a good mix of uh, Wolverine fights and a bit of humor. And of course, Frank Cho, I really like his art in general. But yeah, so if people like Wolverine, I would actually recommend checking this one out. Uh, and that's really all I'm doing on the watching. What we're playing! <laughs> you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first all before right. I run out of energy and can't hold my head up anymore. <laughs> It's actually a fairly short list. Uh, I picked up uh, Last of Us uh, last Friday, oh, nice. and it was a video game with actual emotional content, and it got to me. <laughs> the nice. intro. The intro. Nice. So how's the game? I'm liking it. It's The basic controls are pretty much the same as the, the Drake games. So if you play the Drake games, the basic controls are not going to be uh, anything different. But the new mechanic both in-game and in multiplayer, is crafting. So as you go around, you find things, much like, you know, Fallout and all that stuff. And you can either make weapons or improve your existing weapons. And the story is is pretty pretty good so far. I mean, I knew going in what it was about because they did a really um, expository trailer. So it's the take on the zombies, but instead of zombies, it's plant people. Mm -hmm. I haven't encountered the plant people yet, but... I'm at the point where I think I'm going to start because I've now left the safety of the city. There's uh, two factions. There's, you know, the government, and then there's the Fireflies, which I thought was just cheesy, (laughs) who are the rebels, and, of course, the anti-establishment people. 
Uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of a weak point for me. Sorry, Naughty Dog. But got some good actors and really good uh, graphics and uh, good controls. And I've played some of the solo and some of the online, and the online is good. You pick a faction, and you're in that faction over... So this The downside here is, unlike a shooter where you have like a 10-minute match and you can just jump in and out, this you actually need to like... If you're going to do all the a whole series of the mission, you probably need to dedicate an hour to it because it's kind of team deathmatch, but you're also trying to gather the most resources, craft the most and rescue, you know, do things that counters rescuing hostages and gathering, not hostages, rescuing people and gathering food and stuff like that. So theoretically, even though it's online PVP, you're helping your faction achieve goals. So and I think it's a seven, six or seven week, I think it was campaign in like 15 or 20 minute games it's tdm so it just depends on how quickly you get creamed or you cream somebody uh so i'm really liking it i also picked up uh riptide the dead island sequel but i haven't played it yet me either (laughs) i got in a little bit more xcom but i'm currently frustrated because i believe i'm on the final encounter and how many times are you gonna say that oh my god i'm just i'm at a God damn it, people. Why do you make a game with such a brutal choke point? I, the encounter I'm at, I'm, I think I'm about halfway through, but no matter how I run this particular point of the map, I always lose two people. So I'm at the point of frustration now where I'm about to go Google it for a walkthrough to find out if maybe it's game design. You're just supposed to lose two people here. Before it lets you complete, uh, continue. Because that would be a real dick move if they did that. It would just be like, like shooters, I expect. You know, you, yeah. as soon as you step into the dungeon, you get chewed up so that you're out of ammo and down on your life so that you have a sense of drama. But damn it, people, I don't want to lose two people, you know. Yeah. And I've I, over the course of my attempts at this, I've lost... Like two different people every time. It's not the same two dudes. <laughs> if it would, if they would just take my sniper, I'd be happy with that because my snipers have sucked whole game. I don't uh, know what you're doing with your snipers, but I love my. Snipers. I, I always take two on almost every mission. God, I would not have survived a mission if I had taken two. <laughs> I mean, I have scopes and I do everything. I have tweaked their weapons. They're up to plasma snipers. Everything, and it's just. <laughs> Oh, adjusting sights. Screw you, man. Get glasses. <laughs> There's a laser pointer on there. Put the bullet where the laser pointer dot is. <laughs> so that was my major motivation to get two other games. Is <laughs> I need to step away from XCOM for a bit okay. before I throw a remote through my TV. <laughs> God damn it. Wah! <laughs> Still a good game, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comes highly recommended. <laughs> Gives you enjoyment and rage. <laughs> Uh, and then this past weekend, I was down in uh, up in Roch for a HeroClix event at Book Review, and that was pretty fun, even though I only went one and two. Everybody had to play uh, Police Department Keyword, and that's a keyword I never use, so most of my clicks, which are currently stacked quite precariously and mm-hmm. poorly placed because of my basement Renault, I really had to do a lot of work to try to get just the figs that I did have. It was not an optimized team. The whole, I'm not really surprised I went one and two. But I was kind of hoping for better. Ruling at the end of the game. Not Mike's fault, just an actual, there's a stupidity in rules here. I mean, WizKids <laughs> is not known for their logic, but this one totally baffled me. My opponent, Megan, she was running a uh, swarm capture team. So a bunch of Arkham City, Arkham Asylum guards. And their special powers, if they hit you, 
uh, instead of doing damage, they capture you. So your figure's off the board. If they get back to their start area, you're out of the game. The only way to get your figure back is to either outwit that power or kill the guard. Now, well, fair enough. That's the basic capture rules. Mm-hmm. One of the powers in the game is called mind control. And there's lots of dickery you can do with mind control to end the game early. One of which, if I can do it, I will always do is you win the game if you have no opponents left on the board, if your opponent has no figures left on the board. Well, when you use mind control to hit a character, they become friendly to you. And I have lost games and I have won games basically by mind controlling an opponent's entire team such that I had no opposing figures left on the board and I win. Okay, using that logic, and this is acceptable by whiz kids and judges everywhere, using that logic, I said, I will mind control the guard that took my renegade. He will become friendly and will release my renegade. Mm-hmm. And initially Mike was like, well, that's logical because it works <laughs> in other scenarios. Okay, I will do that. I got the hit off. I got Renegade back. And then he continues to read, read, read. And <laughs> then WizKids has this, for this one power, like that nobody uses, capture, except these guards and some old sentinels. The only way to get your figure back is this, and you'll never be able to get it back any other way ever. <laughs> full stop. Screw you. <laughs> like, well, okay, that was actually half my team. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it was that was a really fun day, and then I started the Pathfinder campaign. Uh, we're doing Rise of the Rune Lords with a couple other people, and that was pretty fun too. Good start. Yeah, wish I could have gone with you for that. <laughs> oh, before I forget, since you reminded me and I didn't put it on my list, uh, I picked up State of Decay. I talked oh, about good. wanting to or looking forward to that when it came out, which was a just a download. It's an Xbox Live game. That's pretty good too. It's Couple things with it. I mean, it's a, a little, can be a little glitchy here and there, but not horrible, not to the point where it takes away from the game. But the overall all story is pretty cool. I mean, it's, you know, zombie survival. And I'll say, to me, it's the closest we're going to get to a good The Walking Dead game, like serious game, sandboxy type game. You know, you've got to go out and rescue people. You've got to go out and find supplies. Um, uh, things break down, you know, your thing, you, your gun is not going to be unlimited. It breaks down after a while. Vehicles break down after a while. There's only so many vehicles. There's only so much fuel, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of cool in that aspect. You do have to like board up your headquarters and stuff like that. And I, I was just sitting in my headquarters and, you know, there's somebody out in the guard tower shooting and all of a sudden there's like two zombies come through the window and, and suddenly I'm fighting zombies before they take over any of the other people I've survived, that kind of stuff. So uh, it's kind of cool in that aspect. A couple of things that are a little goofy with it. Again, it is kind of glitchy, but a couple of things I wasn't expecting. Like I stopped playing and I knew there were a couple things, there were a couple like mini missions or whatever. One of them was I had sent out a runner to get supplies at this location. Like I, the one thing that's kind of cool if it works properly, which I don't think I've done it all the way through. So I don't know, but you got a backpack and you've only got so much room and it's very limited room. But if you find resource areas, you can call back to your headquarters and have a runner come out and pick up stuff. Well, one of the things I had was my runner was in trouble and I was like, all right, well I was back at headquarters. I'm like, yeah, this is where I'm going to stop. And I stopped I came back into the game that wasn't there anymore. So I don't know what happened. You know what I mean? It's like, the, so this mission, I thought, oh, when I sign back in next time, I'll take care of that. It was just gone. So it's little things like that. But overall, I enjoyed it. I, it's one of those things where I play for a little bit and I'm done. It's not, it's not a huge uh, time consumption for me. It's not a straight playthrough. But 
beyond that, though, some of the things I've done and some of the mini story kind of things have been kind of interesting, kind of cool. Definitely a, a really good game for a download for just a straight up Xbox Live arcade type game. All right, so we played Gothic Doctor, obviously. <laughs> I was not at game day. I was not at Jordal's this last week. Week before, what we we played King's Gate, and I couldn't remember what else we played. We played King's Gate and we one played other another game. Silverline box. It's another Silverline game. It was King's Gate and for the life of me, I can't remember it. What the hell we played? King's Gate, the one that's where we're building the gate. That's the one with all the numbers. Yeah, yeah. And then there was, well, actually, because that <laughs> that was on my two weeks ago. Race for the Galaxy, and well, no. Oh yeah, no, we did play Race for the Galaxy, didn't we? We did play Race for the Galaxy, but that's there was what, another one of the. Well, that I left at that point. Yeah. So I didn't play the third one. I played race. We played race for the galaxy in Kingsgate. That's what it was. And then off of that, we started talking about, and I downloaded the race for uh, the galaxy for the game. Yeah. So I've been playing that a lot on my laptop and getting crushed. That is. Oh, so it's like playing Jordal. Yeah. Well, it's like <laughs> playing the game in general. It's, you didn't grab it. Oh, I've got it. I just haven't played it yet. Yeah. I should throw. I meant to write that down too, and I never did. I should throw a link up for that. But uh, if you haven't played the Race for the Galaxy game that's out there, somebody asked permission to do it and got permission, so it's actual card art and all that good stuff. But it is one of the best AIs ever. I mean, the AI kicks you in the teeth every time to the point where when you win a game, you're just you're just ecstatic because you've beat the game for a while. And it's got all the expansions in it, and you can decide how many of them you want to include. Kelden AI. The Kelden AI, yep. yep. You can you can uh, tell it which level of expansions you want to include and the optional stuff, you know, like the takeover stuff or goals you can take in and out. So it's it's just a great game. So uh, we, we played that, and then we got to talking about it again, and Michael mentioned the Kelden AI version, and I was like, ah, oh, I don't have that on my new laptop, so... We uh, got to talking about that. I downloaded it again. Michael sent me the link, and uh, I play a lot of that, and I play like two or three games and just get crushed and then go away with my tail between my legs and come back later. Those are really the only like tabletop stuff that I've been able to do, but lately I've been playing in various degrees. Tigris and Euphrates is available on Android, so I grabbed that, and I've been playing that quite a bit. And that's kicking me in the in the butt too, which probably shouldn't. I don't know, but I I haven't played the board game, so I bought this and I've been playing. So I'm because this was a game that somebody attempted to teach at Con of the North, but had no business teaching a game. <laughs> and now that I'm playing it, I'm like, how could you have not explained that? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm having fun with it. I'm just trying to find my my place with it, I guess. So and these are all things I'm doing on my tablet. Not my phone. Ticket to Ride is on the Android now. Yeah, I'm on the way to buying that. I think. Yeah, so I bought that, and then they actually do have, you can buy the different maps, too, so you can get, like, Europe and stuff like that. I got the 1910. I haven't bought any of the other maps. But yeah, Jordal has them all, he was saying. He dropped, yeah. like, 40 bucks on the game to yeah, get the yeah. game and all the maps. It is a good implementation. Yeah. Though. The only thing that took me a little while to figure out is how to actually claim the route, because you got to drag the tickets to it. Hmm. 
So I was doing all this other stuff to try to figure out. And it, I want it. Yeah, I have well, the it, numbers. I'm poking the screen. Took me forever to figure that out. But once you get past that, it's like, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a really good implementation. And, of course, there's no setup. So, <laughs> And then I've been playing uh, Niroshima Hexes on Android oh, as yeah. well. I stopped playing that a little while ago. That, that kicks me in the balls, too. It does. Too. I've I, won one game. I, I don't think I've won I, yet. That's, well, that's why I stopped playing. And it's just like, what? oh, I know what I'm going to do this time. You had balls, you say? Wham! <laughs> Well, and unfortunately, I went in like super cold, like I've never played. And I, they're like, "Do you want to go see the?" Tu-? Well, of course, the the tutorial isn't a tutorial in the game. It takes you to YouTube, yeah, to watch a video, to yeah. watch a, a video with no sound. Yeah. So I thought my my tablet's screwing up. There's no sound. <laughs> so then I backed out. And I'm like, I'm just gonna try to play the game. Well, it's all icon driven, <laughs> and I couldn't figure out how to turn my tile. Oh, that took so- <laughs> me forever too. Yeah, because I did the same thing. Tutorial? Sure. YouTube? No. <laughs> I can figure it out. And the one thing I wish they would change a bit is when you go in to look at the armies and then the tiles. I don't like that you click you click the tile, and it just. Gets rid of the tiles, brings up that tile description, and then you got to go back. So I just wish it was, you know, because they got that scroll bar. Just let me have the scroll bar, click one, bring it up in the background, but leave the scroll bar so I can keep looking mm-hmm. at the different tiles. That bothers me a bit, too. That said, I'm a, I, I enjoy the game now that I kind of understand what I'm doing, but I don't. I haven't won yet. Yeah, like I said, in six or seven months that I was playing, I had one game. I mean, oh, quite a few close games, quite a few games that I thought were close until the AI got like the one twisty card that sent his indestructible thing that can <laughs> shoot three and just, <laughs> well, there was another one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a game though. that is far more insidious. Than you would think yeah. for what what's there yeah. when you first look at it. And I've played a couple of four players with the AI. And that was the closest I've come. I came in second just because. Yeah, it's not so I, much I was winning. It's the, the they, AI they was were, eating itself. Yeah, they were killing <laughs> each other off and I was over in the corner. Wall can't be, can't be destroyed. Can't be turned. Can't be destroyed. You got, you guys go with it. I'm just building the Berlin wall right here. Thank you. And then of course we talked about it before, but I know since then you got it, but chip chain, I'm still playing a lot of chip chain. Yeah. Uh, same here. A ton of it. Have you unlocked anything? I know you unlocked, were kind unlocked of waiting. all the way up to. 10 or 11, whatever okay. the highest gem is. Have you unlocked any of the other cards? I am on the verge of being able to afford uh, unlocking a fourth card. Oh, okay. But uh, none of the other actual cards, no, because that's all like in the 10 and 20,000 yeah. gem range. I just unlocked the 1.2 where you do you get 20% extra. Mm-hmm. And then, but I have uh, unlocked a copy and erase. I think are the two that I've unlocked. Nice. So those those are fun. So especially for long games, those, mm. those are really nice. So yeah, I I, I love that game. It's it's, it's, it's so addictive. simple, but it yeah, it's, it's very addictive. I, I mean, it's just bejeweled. It's just any yeah. of those other things, but and it's not even that it's poker chips because it's it's not like they're just there as poker chips. Yeah, it's they're, not like you're actually like playing yeah, with them it, or but, shuffling them or anything. Just unlike bejeweled and all those other versions of it with the cards that you move things and add them subtract numbers you know and and the blocker pieces that you can actually destroy or move rather than just be you know because in most other games the blocker pieces are static they either stay where they go or they just stay in their column as they drop and continue to screw you yeah there's just a lot of tiny things in this game that really make it enjoyable and there's something like uh, one of my favorite things tends to be trying to fill up the board as much as possible but for it to actually do the chains 
Yes. So uh, yes. that's that's a lot of fun to think about where in like Bejeweled, I mean, you, 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 you're supposed to, but you kind of don't. It, at least I don't. I don't know if it's uh, maybe it's the programmer IT side of me, but the numbers appeal to me more. Being able to make a one into a two and all that kind yes. of stuff and make that totally. chain yep. versus, okay, blue and purple. And if that drops, this is here. It's, and it's, a, it's different in the fact that you, okay, you know how you're, depending on where you push, you control the shrinkage and where it's going to yep. end up and yep. that kind of stuff. So yeah, I've really enjoyed that game. So that's all I have for playing. That brings us to the end. We made it through. We're going to let Jordan go. <laughs> Because he's tired of being in my presence two days in a row. <laughs> Never. We're going to make it three. All right, folks. Thanks for hanging out with us for another episode, episode 26. We will see you in a couple more weeks. Or I'll see you uh, this week still yet because we're going to start up the game of crowdfunding again. So I'm Jeff King. And I am still the Canadian. Thanks for listening. I've got a hundred thousand comics carefully collected And all the action figures for them carefully selected The posters and promotions for each superhero movie My ringtones rank inverter and Ash saying I've got each permutation of the Xbox and PlayStation My anime collection is the finest in the nation